Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicy the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Chloe Miller. And he is. And welcome to the Thursday episode of the show. We've been gone for like a week or two, kind of don't remember. But we are back. And we are back with a lot. Vengeance. Oh. A lot to get into. And vengeance. So, Well, there would be more vengeance if things had gone differently. So no, I, I lack some vengeance. You might have some vitriol, but I have no vengeance. Um, thank God. So start, I guess we'll start the show with the fact that Aaron Judge signed. And I would like to first, before getting into the actual contract, say that I'm so relieved that Aaron Judge signed today. Extra happy that it was with the Yankees, but also just relieved that it happened so that we wouldn't have to be like, oh, fuck, if the news had come out tomorrow. You know, like we if we missed the recording ability to it to uh for the conversation by like a few hours, which seemed to constantly happen to us. So I'm very glad that we have avoided that. Um but anyway, so to get into it, Aaron Judge signed a new contract with the New York Yankees to the tune of nine years, three hundred sixty million dollars. That is an average annual salary. Of forty million bucks. Woo! Corwin, what do you think of this? You're welcome. Oh, fuck off. Came to visit the Padres. Yankees were like, whoa now, here's another forty million dollars. And he's like, Okay, I love San Diego. I want to play and win you a championship, but I'll take forty million dollars, please and thank you. Um I you know, when the first rumored contract, what was it, like eight years, 300 million got released? The, actually, the the first one I think I saw was the the Giants eight years, 360, which is what made seeing the final figure also at 360. I'll say confusing, but I think that really just means that the San Francisco one was, was probably a lie or an exaggeration. I don't I think you it just was said 390. No, no, matter. no. No, nine years, 360 is what he signed for. Okay, so I'm dyslexic. Um, regardless, you are auditorily, numerically dyslexic. Yes. Yes. C. Um, I I think the money's right. I think him signing for less uh, would have been fine if it meant him going absolutely anywhere else in the world he wanted to go and play for a complete team or a good program or pay California taxes. Um. But this feels like the right number, especially for the Yankees. Um, hey, I mean, he's going to be playing until he's 100. Um, going to get the Albert Pujols treatment. Hopefully he is a little bit better at keeping up his pace after signing this deal um, than Albert Pujols was when he signed in Anaheim. Um, hard. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, um, Yankees fans are ecstatic. I imagine uh, there would have been some utter fucking chaos and some strongly spoken words if he signed anywhere else, which honestly I'm disappointed we're not getting. I would have really, even if he didn't go to the Padres, of course, I would have loved to see him go to San Francisco as a rival because that would have been utterly chaotic. Well, fortunately for you, there there was going to be 
Yankees fans bitching about one of two things based on either outcome, which was either they bitch that the Yankees let him walk or they bitch about the amount of money he was inevitably going to get. So you just get to live in that reality instead. Yeah. I as was, long uh, as the Yankees fans are unhappy. <laughs> which they make a, a point of always being. Yes. Um, I was half joking around to the coworker the other day, um, but also like half seriously considering uh, what it would look like to offer Judge a 20-year, $600 million contract. Because Judge would get the privilege of signing by far the biggest contract in MLB history by dollars. Mm-hmm. The AAV would only be 30 mil. But the interesting only. part I was thinking about it, well, I mean, he signed for 40 mil a year. So, like, yeah, yeah only. Um, but the thing that I, I, I had me, like, kind of pondering it as a strategy, it was essentially because it's almost kind of not really like what teams do with deferred money. Basically, you know he wouldn't play for 20 years. You know he's not playing till 50. Because by the time this man turns 40, 45, I mean, there's other life things that get in the way. You know, we're seeing what happens if you try to just keep going like Tom Brady at highest level imaginable, still crushing it. His wife has left him <laughs> like <laughs> like eventually your life intercedes with the ability to play baseball or do any sport or activity where you're gone nine months out of the year. Right. So it almost be a little bit of like game saying, all right, well, you know. We could look at it and say, yeah, it's a 20-year, $600 million contract, but it might only end up being a 10-year, $300 million contract because we don't expect this man to be playing for the back 10 of this contract. And once you retire, you forfeit the remainder of your contracts. So I I don't – and we don't have to like spend real time talking about this because he actually did sign and there's consequences to that that we could talk about. But I did think of it as kind of like a funny idea because deferred money you have to pay. That is owed. But retiring, you don't have to pay that. Uh, do you think a team would ever do it? Do you think a player would ever do it? I, I think a team would absolutely do it. I don't think a player would ever do it. I don't know why they would want to. It would be guaranteed you have a job for as long as you want one. That, that's right. what I, I think the only good rationale would be is that but, you truly get to choose when you're done playing baseball without having to like suffer the humiliation of being like, wow, damn, no one wants me for a one year deal. But I'd mu- I think I'd, if given the option, I would much rather have a front loaded heavy contract that I, you know, I have that money. Yeah. I have to deal with finding a job later on, but I don't have to worry about not getting the money. Oh my god! Imagine if that twenty-year contract was backloaded. You made like four million a year, but then in the last, in the last five five years, you you made the other like I don't know how much would be left five hundred million dollars. <laughs> but you have to play from ages forty-six to fifty. Yeah, that'd be fun. Like I would just be, funny. I would just become Jacoby Ellsbury. Well, th- I, that's 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 what a lot of players do. I mean, that's why Dustin Pedroia hung around for so long, too. Yeah. Jacoby as well. I mean, fucking, it's it's the best health insurance on the planet with the best doctor's money can buy, and you get paid. You know, frankly, I, I am turning around on the idea solely because 
yeah, you still have to go work for that money. But like, yeah, if I retired today, I imagine there's only so much golf I could play in a row before I got tired of doing so. And just hanging out with a bunch of friends watching baseball and, and maybe pinch hitting every now and again or pinch running. Actually, if I'm 46, I'm not pinch running. <laughs> that'd be amazing. That would be a that'd be a fun time. I'd ask to sign an extension and they'd say, I would fucking kill you. I will kill you. All right. So let, let's let's take a look at how this positions the Yankees as it stands right now in the uh, 2023 team payroll. So, oh, actually, the contract, I guess, maybe because it's not official, has not actually hit the spot track um, team salary page here. Maybe because it's signed today. These two things, a lot of these sites tend to um, refresh overnight. So if we take the current figure and add nothing else, just the judge contract that would put them up from $162 million to $202 million, which would leapfrog them over the Braves, because I don't know if they signed anyone today, but I'm the one that pops to mind. So if they did, it wouldn't be a big contract. And um, makes them the second highest payroll in baseball. We'll talk about the first highest payroll in baseball for a moment, uh, in, in a moment, but... The other part of this that makes it kind of interesting is that typically when we see these big marquee signings, um, there is it, it it feels like it's usually done in a, in an addition. You know, when Harper signed his big contract, it was to go to the Phillies. So the Phillies were getting mm-hmm. a, a player they hadn't had on roster previously. Machado signing his contract. The Padres got an, a new player, right? Um Pick a pick a guy. Mookie Betts' new contract. He had been with the Dodgers, but part of the promise of going to the Dodgers was to get that new. Yeah, yeah that was you part know, of a deal. That, right. Uh, the Yankees essentially just did this to be the team that they were last year, which has some interesting ramifications to it because the team was good last year, but there are still a lot of problems with the roster. Keeping Judge, I want to be very clear. Keeping Judge is the right thing to do. Yes. At any any dollar amount he wanted, not trying to say that is an inappropriate use of funds at all. Yes, you however, were spent. Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say. However, there are now still all the same issues that persisted in October persist today, which is the outfield is suspect outside of Judge. The uh, left side of the infield is garbage and uh we now have to figure out some pitching adjustments because we are down also now jameson tyone who signed a deal with the cubs so a lot a lot to figure out still what were you gonna say if you were to let judge walk you now have i don't know the pirates the level of play that that team you know was at back in you know throughout the season it it's not a team i would want to be building around like yes you have garrett cole offensively you have i guess they signed rizzo so he would still be there but it's you're basically signing a guy that you had already had but he just so happens to be the entirety of the team as it exists now so, yes, 
you have a lot less money to fix all of the same problems that you had, but in, to fill the hole that he would have left probably would have cost a lot more money. Well, and that's part of what I think if, if there are any fans complaining about, oh, we could have signed six players for the cost of judge. Let me ask you this uh, fucking who? <laughs> who? And Corwin and I have talked about this many times in the past and, and leading up to this episode or, or this conversation, um, especially we've had this conversation in the past uh, few months, which is going out and trying to get equal value from of, of the amalgamation of other players tends to be more expensive. And it costs roster spots, which has non-monetary value, but monetary ramifications. And so let's say to ourselves, okay, if you want to get 60 home runs, which maybe that's not the standard, but still, like, let's call it 50 then. That feels fair, which is dumb because that's a huge number, but that feels pretty <laughs> fair. Where are you going to, you have to sign two, if not maybe three dudes, which, I mean, let's look at outfielders, the guys available for outfield, Jason Hayward? I don't think so. Michael Brantley, he's 35. Will Myers it isn't going to get you 25 home runs, I don't think, anymore. No. AJ God, Pollock, no. 35. You want to re run back the Joey Gallo experiment? And then we're getting to Adam Duvall, Kevin Kiermeyer, Tommy Pham. Bring in Ben and Tenney, he's going to slap singles. He ain't doing shit. Brandon Nimmo maybe has an argument. But we're not looking at like the cream of the crowd. They're acting like there's uh, to say that you, you we could spend this the Yankees could spend this exact money, this forty million dollars on a crop of other players, specifically to address outfield concerns is laughable. There's not those guys. Now, to address some of the infield concerns, you there is still Carlos Correa. To address pitching concerns, there is still Carlos Rodon. Mm -hmm. So there are still at least two dudes that if I am the Yankees GM, I am on the phone with their agent nonstop. That man's taking a shit with my, with my call in his ear. But um, even then, if you were to fix just one of those three issues, it, it becomes like no difference. If you're going to say that, because it, it's going to cost you like $30 million per year to solve any one of those issues. And guess what? You kind of have to solve all three of them. So, to say that we're not going to spend $40 million on judge because instead we should have spent $30 million fixing the left side of the infield. Well, then outfield's a fucking issue. Outfield's a big fucking issue and pitching's still an issue. If you're going to spend $30 million trying to fix pitching, then the left side of the infield and the lack of judge in the outfield is going to be an issue. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it's, it's like that sliders thing, you know, like pick two to be wrong and you got to pick, you know, you, you can't, can't, you can't, you can't solve have all three. three. Yeah. All three can be solved with money. <laughs> Starting there, all three can be solved with money. But Which the we'll Yankees have. Happens. Everyone has. Everyone. Um. Do you do you think the Yankees go off and make any other big splash signings? Let's ignore trades for the moment because that's um, a little bit trickier. I think they have to. I think. So, who is still under contract? Is Ben Attendee still there, or is he a free agent? He is a free agent. I think you need an outfielder. Oh, the Yankees need an outfielder. 
I don't know anyone in the outfield other than Judge. I know Hicks is still around, but I don't think you want him there. Um, so Esteban Floreal and Everson Pereira are both on the 40, which I don't know who Everson is. Uh, Judge is now there. Giancarlo Stanton can obviously play the outfield. Hicks is alive. Uh, Harrison Bader. Oh, that's true. He would be your center fielder. That's it. So right now, if I had to guess, the starting outfield would be going from right to left. Um, Judge Bader, and I guess Hicks, with Stanton as the DH. So isn't Estevan Florial like a very highly touted prospect that just came up, or am I thinking of someone else? Um, you might be thinking of one of Oswaldo Pereira or Oswald Cabrera, but Estevan Florial was. Um, they're both infielders who have been playing the outfield because the Yankees are a really bad organization when it comes to developing talent. Um, you sure? They're they are both shortstops, but boy oh boy, did the Yankees love fucking playing Isaiah Connor Falefa in that spot last year to the dismay of everybody who had to watch that fucking team. Um Esteban Florial was a very high, he might still be a high prospect by the Yankees prospect rankings, but has not been able to have a good transition to the majors. He's been called up a few times, but hasn't really made the most of it. For sure. Yeah, it, it, and it's tough because yeah. I want to look at it's easier to look at players on the team that so clearly don't belong on the team, like the fact that IKF is here, even though he shouldn't be, but they gave him a new contract, which is so confusing. Um, and much the same with uh, Josh Donaldson. There we go. I lost it. Very, very much so should not be on the team, but is he's going to make $21 million next year to do what? Who who knows? Um, and then you look at some of the guys that are still in their arbitration years that might be really great trade candidates to try to reclaim value from other other places like Glaber Torres. You might be able to say you could move because you can now start one of Pereira or Cabrera or Peraza. Jeez, sorry. Um, Kyle Higashioka might not be around <laughs> anymore. Like I, who knows? But again, trying to predict the trades is a little bit, a little bit tougher. Um. This is a huge amount of money, AAV, for a player of this age. I think that's what's got me thrown the most um, because, you know, we just saw this historic class with um, Machado Correa. Or no, that wasn't. Was that the same year? Machado Correa uh, and... And uh, uh, Harper was that the same? Those all yeah, the same year, right? I don't know if Correa was, but I know Harper and Machado were. There was another twenty-seven-year-old dude, I thought, or maybe Correa was just a year afterwards. So it doesn't matter. But we saw all those dudes hit for agency at twenty-seven. You know, the prime of their careers, premium positions for Machado and Correa, less so for Harper, but already won an MVP. And I mean, of those three dudes, none of them got close to this from an AAV figure. 
I mean, Correa, a little bit tough because he had gotten hurt and there was a little bit of the risk involved with that. And I think he knew he could get a bigger contract, which is why he took one with um, so many creative, uh, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? Options, um, which allowed him to opt out to hopefully get a new one. But it's it's just so interesting to see the first $40 million AAV contract of this type of term for a player who is already 30. Like does that does that surprise you? Yeah. No, only because of what we just witnessed him do. If it was going into this year, of course it would have, because you knew Judge was a MVP caliber player, but really was more of a you know high end bat, not necessarily top tier baseball player. You know he wasn't, excuse me, that Mookie Betts, that Mike Trout, that um, you know Fernando Tatis tier where. He absolutely forced himself there this year. And a lot of it, I think, is he showed that he could do it over the course of the season, whether the team was performing around him or not. I know it's the thing is I do get and they're going wrong. This is invariably a good thing. The advancement of position play or sorry, any players your salary, I guess I should say, is unequivocally a good thing. I am just surprised, pleasantly surprised, but surprised to see it happen with a player in their 30s at this point. Um, especially because if I had to have said a player for this to happen to, I probably would have said Shohai because he you know, brings so comically much value from his ability to play two positions. And he is a little, I think quite a bit younger than judge. He's uh fucking show me when you were born. Oh, 28. I thought he was, I thought he was a little bit younger. Um, all right. So, but still he is a couple years younger than judge. He is an exceedingly good pitcher and an exceedingly good hitter. Fourth and Cy young second in MVP voting this year. That's dumb. Um, Wow, it's already been five seasons. That's why Jesus. I thought he was a lot younger. I I am shocked by that. Wow. Okay. I feel like he's just um, hit three. I know. I feel like it, this is still so new. Whatever. Um, my perception of reality be damned. Like I would have expected it to be something along those lines where you could kind of chalk up like that insane type of AAV up to what the unique and great aspects of that player are, which isn't to say judge doesn't have those things, but obviously the man does not pitch um, yet yet. And we've seen these over $40 million per year contracts become a little bit more popular as of late, but they've been for short-term contracts. They've been for Max Scherzer's contract with the Mets, um, Trevor Bauer's contract with the Dodgers. And then a contract we have yet to talk about, um, which is Justin Verlander's contract with the Mets. So, Again, while while I am thrilled for Aaron Judge and for the players who will be coming after Aaron Judge to sign their contracts and 
can point to this type of season. I mean, like if Mookie Betts was coming up behind Judge, um, you know, in his progression, like if he, mm-hmm. Mookie Betts was a younger player than he is right now and had the ability to sign a, a, his long-term contract after this contract, um, he would probably be getting somewhere around this, which would be a good thing. It'd be a good thing for more players to be getting more money. Um, yeah, man, it is just fucking wild, though. Like, I'll put it this way. Um, no, that's the wrong way to put it. Never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> Ignore it. Forty million. I'm so I'm so proud of him. Way to go, buddy. Unequivocally, one of the richest people playing the game right now. <laughs> well, will be eventually. Three hundred sixty. Three sixty. He, um, talk? Sorry, go ahead. He, he's wealthy. There's rich, oh, yeah. and then there's wealthy. He's wealthy. Um, is it worth talking about the fact that John Heyman fucked this story up? It should. We should talk about how John Heyman is a fucking embarrassment to baseball media. Him and Boob Nightingale just are so desperate to be Jeff Passan that they just do not give a fuck about how well they actually do their job. I mean, sports reporting in general is a disaster. Not from the people who, not sports writers, like real writers. Like I would classify people like Enos Harris or Lindsay Adler who, who, actually take the time to write interesting pieces but the breaking news folks is a fucking disaster (laughs) and even the guys that i think are you know are well respected and liked like jeff passan or um or or ken what's his face Uh, there we go I get why it matters to be first because there is a structure in place for writers where for their employers, it matters to be first, but that is not a good way of doing things. The fact that we're allowing financial information to be leaked. I don't know. It's just, it's all so fucking dirty and (laughs) gross. It's gross. I don't care for it. And it's tough to say it's practical in the way that maybe some of these kind of gross things might be more acceptable in a political sphere, because you can say that if keeping the public informed is uh, a, a worthwhile venture for entering moral gray areas. Baseball contracts, <laughs> baseball contracts are not imperative to the public's um, uh, wealth of information. Like the, the, the general well, populace does not need to be overly concerned with what any player is making. And if it takes an extra day for everyone to find out, life will continue just fine. It's one of those things where reporters breaking news for the public is important because it more often than not is information that wouldn't otherwise be shared is incredibly time sensitive or is a matter of the health and safety of the public. Baseball news and contracts are none of those it's not time sensitive because no matter what, he is not 
touching a baseball diamond for several more months, that information will be reported almost immediately after it's it's signed by the team itself, an official source, and it it's not going to affect anyone's livelihood. Not who wouldn't already know about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might affect your livelihood if you were a rival GM, in which case you would know. Yeah. Or, you know, if you were on your deathbed and the only thing keeping you going was the thought of Aaron Judge coming back to New York, in which case we should tell them that he did it. In which case we should put that person down. <laughs> they have not deserved life. If we have to invest in death panels, I vote all those people <laughs> don't make the cut. In favor of death panels and in favor of voting yes on every death panel from here on out. Irritating sports fans don't don't deserve <laughs> the luxury of universal health care. Everyone else is fine. But really annoying sports fans. Sorry. You guys make my day so much worse. You suck. Fuck you guys. Um but yeah, I am um I'm going to be so interested to see what Carlos Correa signs for now. Because he is a free agent and he plays a more premium position. He is younger. Um yeah, but this, none of this to say it's that better. Market. Well that that's kind of what you know, we have we have more contracts to talk about, so we should move on from this. But um, that's part of what makes this so interesting because we kind of have like from an AAV perspective, almost like two ends of the spectrum because I would have thought that Correa would beat whatever judge got because of the shortstop of it all and the age of it all. But now who the fuck knows? <laughs> but anyway, let's get into the other contracts that have happened. So uh, I guess um, the easiest way might be looking at it by a total dollar amount so i'm just going off of the um and i'll drop it in the chat for you corwin the the spot track ranking or, uh, free agent tracker which is uh, default sorted by uh largest dollar quantity so the next highest one is trey turner as corwin had just mentioned 11 years 300 million dollars which is an aav of 27.2 to play for the Philadelphia Phillies. So this is big for two reasons. Yeah. One, it's the Dodgers losing their starting shortstop, which has, I mean, quite some implications for what the Dodgers are going to have to do going forward. And for another thing, it is the Phillies tapping into their infinite money machine, um, breaking the bank for, is it pitching? No, 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 no. More hitting. and At least it's man, defense. And this is true. This is not some brute with a glove. This is a guy who has a lot of grace. <laughs> um, man, what do you what do you think about Trey Turner heading over to Philadelphia? I didn't realize that he's basically signed until he's forty one years old. Until he's dead? Yes, forty one. Uh, well, I guess four zero forty. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's you know by the 30. time the season comes around he'll be uh on June 30th so he'll start the 18. season 29 end it 30 end it 30. Yeah. Oh that's so sad. He's that's only intense. a handful of months older than me. I'm turning 30 soon. I don't Did like you that. sign a 300 million dollar contract to go to your new company? 
Yes, I would. I actually signed. I am Arson Judge. I signed with the uh, with the San Francisco Giants. I'm playing uh, third base. Oh, man, Trey Turner. I I like him reuniting with Bryce Harper. I like his fit with the team. I think he definitely wanted to go to Philly because he, again, like Judge, turned down more money than if he were to or turn down more money from the Padres to go to Philly. But he does really fuck over the rest of the shortstop market. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's also it feels very reminiscent of the Bryce Harper signing with Philadelphia, where the years and contract number were both huge, but the AAV made it look kind of like, oh, Okay, that's yeah, because I mean, Bryce is only making I think 28. I'm gonna look it up. I think it's like 28 a year, 26. He's making 26 a year. So Trey Turner is now making more money than Bryce Harper. Jesus, yeah, which is like Trey Turner is a great player. Um, I'm not sure he's worth more money than Bryce Harper. Um, again. Bryce's contract was signed four years ago. So uh, father time does not only make players slower, it also makes them more valuable. Um, It's also going to be an interesting contract for Turner in his skill set, because if you look at his like baseball savant page, his sliders aren't super impressive in most areas. His expected batting average is very high. His max exit velocity is fair. Um, but then everything else is like kind of middling or or bad. He he chases a lot, not a good arm strength. He whiffs a lot, doesn't does not barrel a lot, does not walk a lot. The one slider where he is fantastic is his sprint speed. And I know Mike Petriello just wrote an article about this today, which I did not read. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Um, Are you? But ah, a little bit. I like Mike. Uh, he's a good dude. Um. But you know how much that can be staved off, I guess, is to be seen. He's still not old. I don't want to say young because in sports world, he's not young, but he's not old. He is rhyme. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how how his skill set kind of translates or, or uh, adapts over the length of this contract and maybe how the style of, of play that he has changes. But for Philly, I mean, man... What a team they're putting together, huh? Yeah. that's uh, This is a team that saw that, hey, we can go to the World Series. Let's go back. Which uh, is how you should do it. That's, that's, that's I think, what yeah. we'd like every... And honestly, I'd have to mm-hmm. say, that does feel like how most teams are approaching the year. It feels like we've gotten quite a few... Um, a, a quite a number of teams who are investing a lot this year. It doesn't feel like there's a team who's actively shedding outside of, I guess, Oakland. Um, what's also wild is that Phillies, the Phillies team payroll uh, prior to, because I also don't see Trey Turner in their payroll yet. And it might be because the deal isn't official official. Um, so right now it's at 141 million dollars, tenth most in baseball. 
once this contract gets signed and you add another 28 mil to it, it'll put them all the way up to, I guess, the third most expensive team in MLB, which, again, there's a lot of signings that still need to get done, a lot of players out there who are going to find teams, so this will be in flux for some period of time, but just wild stuff. Um, And I guess as it's constructed... The Phillies, who was their shortstop last season? Was it Gene Segura? Uh, yes. Or he played second, Bryson Stott. Stott. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I wonder. I, I, I mean, we all were wondering how the Phillies were going to orient their team last year when they signed a bunch of random hitters. And uh, that same intrigue lasts into this year. I have no clue. It will be fun, though. The Phillies will be fun. That's for sure. Yeah, their their team is pretty much set. I mean, they have Marsh in center, Harper and Castellanos in the corners, um, Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura, Trey Turner. I don't know who their third baseman is anymore. Alec Bohm. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, and then JT Real Muto behind plate, like they're. They're kind of locked in, and then Stott is a utility guy. It's just who the fuck is going to be pitching for them? That's that's the real question because Eflin already signed somewhere else, if I recall correctly. Uh, yes, Eflin signed with the Rays, weirdly enough. Hmm. Um, I want to say Kyle Gibson is not on that team anymore. Yeah, Gibson signed with Baltimore. So that's that's two of their their starters who are now uh Gonsville. So oh and they had um Noah Syndergaard pitching for them at the end of last year too, and he's also a free agent. So their stars remaining from last year are Aaron Nola, Ranger Suarez, Zach Wheeler, and Bailey Falter. No idea. Which, who that uh, is. Me neither. Which is it first of all, is only four dudes. So they need more well, than four guys. It's three dudes and some guy you just made up. <laughs> and a wildly made up name. Uh so yeah, they are they are going to have to get busy. Um Jacob deGrom signed with not the Mets. And I want to start there because as someone who lives in the New York metro area, as do you, I have heard lots of talk of this, and a lot of it has been very silly. Um what what is your immediate impression of the fact that Jacob deGrom signed with not the Mets? Oh man. I mean, you see what they put him through for the last five years and no matter what they did to this team, you just had to know deep down. He's like, I can't fucking keep doing this. I can't do this with this team. I don't trust them. I hate them. I can't, I gotta go somewhere else. Um, the Rangers are a wild choice for that, but hey, at least they're not the Mets. Uh, brief aside, uh, Masataka Yoshida just signed a five-year deal with the Red Sox for $85 million. Wow. Red Sox, who are choosing to continue being exceedingly strange. <laughs> um, yeah, who, whatever. Who else did they just sign? They signed Kenley Jansen for yeah. two years, 32. And they signed, oh, another starter for like two years. I think Taiwan Walker. 
Uh, oh, Taiwan. No, no, so that was the Phillies. With, yeah. Oh, oh, they just signed. So there's a pitcher for the Phillies. Oh well, yeah. I guess you're right. There you go. Jose <laughs> Quintana. No, that's that's the Mets. Damn it. Kenley Jansen. Wait. And Quintana signed with the Mets. Jose Quintana signed with the Mets. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I know they just signed another pitcher. I can't think of who the fuck it was. Chris Martin. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's not gonna help him that much. Um anywho. Who were we just talking about? David Grom. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, is given who the Mets owner is and how much money the Mets have been pushing out of their um their bank account which we will get to in just a few moments with the Justin Verlander contract. This decision feels to me as though it was absolutely not about money that the Mets could offer Jacob deGrom kind of whatever the fuck he wanted or they wanted, who cares? And it was an offer that would not be considered. So Jacob deGrom, it felt like he was going to go to the second highest offer, whomever that was. Um, And I don't blame him because the to-do that's been made uh, in local sports talk radio has been, this guy doesn't want to be a Met. And it's like, yeah, can you blame him? The Mets have been a dumpster fire his entire time there. Yes, they're finally good. It just happened this year. Mm. He has been maligned by the media for years because of his inability to collect pitcher wins, which is a stupid metric, and has been... The amount of articles that have been written for the amount of years that they have also been written about how the Mets have an inability to perform while he's on the mound must also be demoralizing because it's true. He had to go up there for years knowing that when he started, the bats dried up. And that's that's a tough thing to have to reckon with. In addition to his injuries and players that deal with chronic injuries with a specific team might have some feelings about that team, might have some blame whether it's justified or not around the staff or looking for a change of scenery to see if a a, a new coaching staff or a new health and conditioning staff can help smooth out some of the injury concern. Who the fuck knows? But no matter what, a player who is 34 going to a new team to try to find some level of success somewhere else or just to get away from the only environment he has had any exposure to over the course of his career, I don't think is a bad thing. Um, I think uh, going are... from New York City sales tax to no income tax is pretty sweet as well. Although you do have to live in Texas, but Jacob Degrom is also a white man who plays baseball, so chances are he is nuts. <laughs> yeah, all the all the causes that we care about um, are things that do not affect him whatsoever. No. Um. The Rangers, I think, are also a pretty cool team for him to go to because they pumped so much money into their team uh, last offseason. And I wouldn't be surprised if that trend continues. And to be the guy for a team, which is one of the other things that he might be missing, you know, with, with Scherzer being on the team, is that Jacob deGrom, while he is still... He was still kind of the guy. He wasn't, you know the guy and so i can totally see him wanting to kind of reclaim some of that um number one starter yeah like gravitas uh he signed for 
an AAV of $37 million. It's a five-year, $185 million contract. What's wild is that judges a, a total contract value is double that, which is just nuts. Um, but again, you know, age differences, years differences, blah, 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 blah. One thing I did want to uh, point out, though, I guess two things, were, were the contract notes, which are fascinating on this contract. Um, First of all, no, full no trade clause, as expected. Sick. There is a 2028 club option for $20 million. He also Sick. gets, if he hits 625 innings pitched or one top five Cy Young uh, appearance during the length of the OG contract, he gets $30 million. That, or sorry, that, that, club, that club option becomes $30 million. Oh. If it's 725 innings pitched or three top five Cy Young ballot appearances, the club option goes up to $37 million. Or if he pitches 160 innings plus a top five Cy Young vote, plus he's healthy all of 2027, the club option is also $37 million. Which is like really cool and all, but he's going to be what, 38 by then? No, he will be 40. The 2028 season. 2022, you fucking dope. He will be 40. So like, though, keep in mind, it is a club option, so they don't have to do right. it. It's not a player option. Yeah. 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 But like... I don't expect that club option to be issued for a 40-year-old pitcher, no matter what it is. $20 million, okay. That could make some sense if he's still, you know, if he's a Justin Verlander kind of guy who's still kind of... Not just going into his age 40 season. I, I say that like Justin Verlander didn't just win the Cy Young Award. Um, yeah, big big year for Jamie. Big, big year for that fella. Um, I don't know. Um, It's also very well-timed because at that point, you know, five years from now, the Rangers, I think, would hopefully be squarely in the middle of their playoff window which works in favor of this contract or of this uh, option being picked up because it would prevent them from having to go make a one-year solution on free agency. If mm-hmm. DeGrom is, you know, if, if he is a fraction of him, of his former self, that's still really fucking good. Um, so I guess, you know, all to be seen, but good for him for getting a fresh start. Uh, you you gotta if you're a baseball fan, man, you gotta love the way the Rangers are spending money. Uh, they are currently the sixth highest payroll in MLB at 151 million dolores. That includes the Jacob Degrom signing, so they're going to be leapfrogged by a couple of teams that we've already mentioned. Um, as they you know, are I guess are still in the hunt for more more guys. Um the fact that their top three dudes in payroll are dudes that they just acquired in these past couple off seasons, which are Corey Seager, Jacob DeGrom and Marcus Simeon is also pretty fucking cool. And Mm -hmm. the fact that they're going to have those three guys for at at least the next five years boasts really well for their immediate future as an organization. So cool stuff. Uh, 37 mil is that 
ballpark what you were expecting per season for Jacob DeGrom? Um, I think if he went Max Scherzer, you know, two-year contract, I think he could have gotten a lot more. But I think the fact that he is signing until he's 40, adequate. I agree. I think, I, I think that's what we talked about last time we had talked about him specifically was if he were to take a Scherzer, a Scherzerian mm-hmm. deal and have it be something short-term. But it's also... I think we made this exact point. I think we talked about how he probably will want something a little bit longer to take him into the the twilight years of an MLB career. Um, next up, which is hilarious, is the Edwin Diaz contract, which we actually we've talked about already. It's just funny to see a relief pitcher up here with the big boys. Uh, Wilson Contreras just signed a contract today. He went from uh, one NL Central team to another, going from the Cubs to the Cardinals. Uh, he signed a five-year, $87 million contract. That's an AAV of 17.5. Um, it'll take him through his age 35 season. He's currently 30. Um, quite quite the replacement for Yadier Molina, I suppose. It's yeah, I mean, it's weird supporter. going... Tell me what you think. Uh, you know, going to your arch rival to replace one of the all-time players for that franchise is going to be fun for fans, but they're Cardinals fans, so I don't care about them. Um, I like the move for the Cardinals. He's making money. It seems like a match made in heaven, if not for the fact that it's a bizarro team-to-team. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure what I was expecting Wilson Contreras to sign for. I actually think I probably would have expected it to be a touch higher than this, maybe around 20. Um, But I can't say I put any real thought into it at all. So, sure. Yeah, it does Um, seem a little light, but... A little bit. I don't know. Like, he's one of the top five catchers in baseball, I would say. You could agree with that? Yeah, for sure. He was a huge speculation of of a trade target this past offseason, this past um, trade deadline, because he's one of the few good hitting catchers in addition to being defensively um, solid. So absolutely, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems light, but hey, to each their own. I guess you got to wonder if the team specifically had anything to do with it. Maybe... Um, Liking where the Cardinals are at helps. Maybe he wanted to say "fuck you" to the Cubs, which would be fair. Do you know anything about um, like would him and Yachty have the kind of relationship where he would be working out with them, working with his coaches? Kind of, hey, I'm familiar with the coaching staff I, I like what they do kind of situation I don't know I, I haven't heard anything I'd have to imagine that they have some pre-existing relationship two catchers Spanish-speaking dudes in the same division so have been meeting up 19 times a year for the last I don't know 75 years um I'd have to imagine they have some kind of relationship but uh no I'm not I'm not sure but yeah, uh, that's the lesser of the exciting contracts we just kind of have to plow through because the contract right after that is significantly more interesting, which is the Justin Verlander contract. Yeah, 
So if you were saying to yourself, um, you know, just a, just a, a short year ago about some 40-year-old pitcher sounding a, a two-year, 80-plus million-dollar contract with the Mets, and then you saw that headline again today, you're not seeing double. The Mets said uh, Control-C, Control-V, and um, just kind of shit, you know, deleted out Max Scherzer's name and added in Justin Verlander's because that contract just happened again. Um, last year, Max Scherzer signed a uh, two-year, 86 and change million dollar contract with the player option for a third year. Um, this year, Justin Verlander signed a two. It's literally the same contract, a, a two year, 86 and change million dollar contract. Uh, there is. Oh, I don't know what this is supposed to say. Is it actually. So there's money here for 2025, but I don't know what it means. It's, it says option, but I don't know whose it is. Somebody's Maybe making a choice. Used. 2025 has an option. I don't see whose option it is. So I can't confidently say if it's player or um, team. Scherzer's is a player option, and it's another $43 million. Um, Verlander, not sure, $35 million. That's the only difference between these two contracts uh, and potentially who whose option it is as well. Um, which, like, wow. Um, Goddamn. So this year, the Mets are paying uh, 38-year-old Max Scherzer and 40-year-old Justin Verlander a combined $86.6 million to pitch for them. What do you think? Um, on one hand, Justin Verlander is coming off a Cy Young season at 39 years old, and it's hard to argue that he is capable of continuing on. He's also missed, what, two of the last three years with injury? Uh, he missed 2021 and, yeah, and 2022. Sorry, and 2020. I went the wrong way. Yes, so he missed the last two years with injury prior to this past season. And the Mets pitching specifically has a robust history of pitching injuries. Of oof, ouch, my arm. Yeah, yeah. Um, This seems utterly destined to be a hilariously bad collapse for the Mets. Just between everything kind of falling apart, I I think this could come back and bite them in the ass and set them back. I guess not a ton because at the end of the day, you're still, you know, it, they're two years that you're hooked up to those two guys and, and there's still enough guys on your roster where you could, you're not closing your window. Regardless, oh god, I can't wait for this to go south so quickly. It is um it's a fascinating strategy because it also has limits. I would imagine. Again, we talk about how owners can always pay more. You know, there's always more money to be dished out in contracts. We know that and I acknowledge that as well as the fact that Steve Cohen is the wealthiest owner in baseball 
I, I, I got it. But at the same time, committing to the patchwork, high value, high AAV short term. And look, it's only been two guys really that they've done it for. But what I'm saying is if it becomes a trend, look, Steve Cohen can afford to run a $400 million payroll if that's what he wants to do. And we will all be here supporting it because give those players all those monies. Yeah. But you got to, you got to wonder, like it's going to be tough to stomach if that also isn't successful. And I say that because there, even though it doesn't matter from a fan's perspective about spending money, because it's not our fucking money. (laughs) There is a, a little bit of like a pride thing with making that roster successful. Like it, it's always a little bit tougher looking at a team running a huge payroll that also gets bounced from the playoffs too early or doesn't make it, which was the case for the Phillies for years. Right. Um, you want, I, I think if a team runs, a, you know, a $300 million payroll, but also wins the world series, no one should care. Yeah. Some fans are going to say you bought the world series. They can shove it up their fucking ass. Like who fucking cares? That's the game, bitch. But you have to win because <laughs> it feels bad spending $300 million and not winning. And unfortunately, that's what the Mets' position is this year if they don't win because this payroll is about to be $300 million. Uh, are you rooting for the Mets to collapse or do you want them to finally win one of these? Oh, I'm I'm a fan of chaos, and the Mets are the perfect agent for that. So I hope they collapse, man. And partially because them succeeding is not interesting because they invested in good players, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to win, right? What's more interesting is what happens when that doesn't work. <laughs> you know, like that's that's the way more fascinating question. If we went out and stack a team, a roster of the nine best players in baseball at their respective positions, and a um, rotation of the five best starters, and a bullpen of the six best dudes. If that team wins the World Series, who fucking cares? They were supposed to. If that team loses, that's a good question. (laughs) What next? No idea. That's why I want the Mets to lose. Now, partially, though, as a, as a fan of players getting paid, you want them to win to show that winning, that spending money is a viable strategy and all owners should spend money. That is the real reason to root for the Mets. It's why I rooted for the Dodgers. we talked about that years ago. for years. Right. But man, and it's also easier to swallow because so many teams have spent more money this year. Like, if the Mets lose to, um, like, the Yankees or if they get bounced by, like, the Phillies, other teams mm-hmm. that have spent a huge amount of cash this this past couple of seasons, then you could say, ah, money beat money. Spend more money. Uh, but otherwise, I guess you kind of have to root for the Mets to win um, so that they spend more money. But, man, it is still a good strategy, though. I, I mean, you know, we said this when Scherzer signed his contract. If, if Verlander, like, is completely kaput, and you have to deal with this massive quantity of dollars that you owe him. It's just two years. Yeah. Then it's done. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 
it's yes it's a lot of money but from a steve cohen perspective it is a low risk high reward i mean how much two superstar pitchers almost alone can win you a world series when before have these two players played on the same team ah i don't know it, that team must have won the super the world series Hell, throw another couple Cy Young Award winners on that team, too. Maybe even an MVP hitter or something? Wow. Got to have won the Fuck World Fuck the city of Detroit. A couple times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eat shit. Um, guess Justin Verlander's career earnings. Excluding oh, these this contract. Oh, God. Oh, man. Um, oh, boy. $300 million? On the money. You nailed it. Hell yes. I'm so good at guessing. $299,588,222. You can round that up. Hell yeah. Yeah, you can round that up. It's, it's amazing that we're rounding up 412000 uh, Sorry, sorry. No, $412,000, which, like, it's nothing when that's it's the like salary. A third of a like, percent. <laughs> but at the same time, that is the annual salary of so many hardworking Americans. Like combined to reach that salary, I should say. Um, you have yeah. to combine like 10, 10 hardworking people to get that salary. But regardless, but what, what my, my point being, yeah. it's wild that in the next two years, assuming that no one picks up whichever side has it, the option for that third year, in just the next two years, um, Justin Verlander will be adding in. Hold on, I want to make sure I get it right. Divided by, we're going to round that up to 300 million. Um, 29% increase in his career earnings in the next two years. It just, it's just a, it's just an amazing amount of money. In 2017, no, sorry, let's take it back. Let's go back to Justin Berliner's first contract. Okay, his first muted. contract. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you were muted. I definitely did not hear you. Justin Verlander's first contract in 2005, his first year, including his signing bonus, he made $3.4 million. And then 2006, he made $350,000. $350,000 in 2006, $43 million in 2023. Josh, a guy who's 40 years old is making a third of his career earnings, having won three Cy Young Awards in two seasons and he's not the highest paid player on his team he had the backwards two Cy Youngs in three seasons not three Cy Youngs in two seasons that would be impressive Cy Youngs in over two seasons he's going to he has three Cy Young Awards yes rookie of the year and over the next two seasons it it's 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 fucking ludicrous that it's not right. a wild cron. Like if you told me all of that without giving me any numbers, I'd be like, holy shit, he's signing for fucking what eighty million dollars a year? It has to be. But no, it's just a, a casual tying the highest paid player on his team. And uh oh, Wow. Holy shit. Can I share with you a number I just saw that is genuinely disgusting? I don't think I want you to. 
I think this is going to really hurt your feelings. Are you ready? For my feelings to get hurt? Always. The Oakland Athletics current team payroll is $0. That is because they have not a single player signed to a contract that is not in arbitration. And because everyone's currently pre-arb, they show a payroll of zero. But the real story there is that they have not a single player, not one player, on a contract. It is literally a minor league team. I am blown away. What? If you go to their spot track page, or if you go to the you know MLB team payroll tracker and you scroll down to the bottom, because no arbitration contracts have been signed yet, and pre-arb dollars haven't been entered into the system yet, which is just going to be league minimum, Oakland Athletics payroll shows zero dollars. That's fucking ludicrous. I mean, like, the Orioles' $18 million is pretty gross. And again, it's because they only have two guys signed to contracts, Kyle Gibson and John Means. Everyone else is a rookie. But at least you – so, again, same logic applies. Those contract values haven't been added yet because it's just going to be rookie contracts or the arbitration value, whatever that gets determined to be. Um, but, man, to not have one, not to have one guy – on your team that has a contract is disgusting. It's, it's <laughs> that's insane. All right. I'm, let's blitz a few last contracts to talk about them real quick. Uh, Taiwan Walker switching division rivals going from the Mets to the Phillies four years, $72 million. That's 18 AAV thoughts. Uh, great signing for the Phillies. They need him. He's a great number three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot of pressure. It's it's almost the exact same situation, just slightly scaled down as he mm-hmm. had with the Mets, where he was obviously going to be number three because the two guys ahead of him were much much better. And yeah, same thing here. They Again, still are, Wheeler, but it's not two of the best players of the generation. Right, yeah, it is clearly number one and number two with, with Wheeler and Nola at, at those spots, but then, um, yeah, not quite as good as multi Cy Young and MVP winning players at, you know, at Berlander and Scherzer. Jameson Tyone, four years, $68 million. That's a $17 million AAV to go from New York to Chicago to the Cubs. Thoughts on this signing? Um, I like it less than the Taiwan Walker deal. Um, I guess it is for exactly one million dollar less, so it's kind of a okay, makes sense type of thing. But uh, if given the two options, I'd much rather have Taiwan Walker than Tyone. Um, I guess injury history is kind of similar for the two of them. Yeah, Taiwan I, I, Walker. It, I don't know if he had cancer, but. No. Um 
I don't. I think it's fine. I'm annoyed because I I liked having Tyone on the Yankees. He seems to be finding a good spot. Um, it's a perfectly fine contract, perfectly fine value. Who cares? Jose Abreu going from the White Sox to the Astros. This is interesting because we talked about. Uh, I googled it. Um, he did not have cancer. His mom did. Tough. All of our moms will. Tough. Tough. Um. Jose Abreu. So we talked a little bit about the the Astros' first base situation a, a few weeks ago when we had said when we were talking about Yuli Gurriel Jr. and whether or not he was going to, you know, what his free agent market was, and we had said his free agent market is the Astros, <laughs> but even the Astros resigning him is suspect, and it appears though they are not going to be because they signed Jose Abreu. Um, his contract is uh, three years, fifty eight point five million dollars. That is an AAV of nineteen five. What are your thoughts here on Hip Hip Jose? Um, that's a lot of money for a guy who's 36 years old, uh, but he's still really good at baseball, and I really wanted him on my team. So I hate this. It's a great I, I wish it was anywhere but Houston. I know, but it's also such a good signing for them. He is just the better Yuli Gurriel Jr. at this point. So it is such a good signing um other ones that matter mitch hanniger going from seattle to san francisco so um doesn't have to move too far three years 43.5 mil that's an aav of 14.5 um i like it i like the fit in san francisco i like mitch hanniger getting somewhere where he has a position you know spot locked in I guess he didn't have it was more of a health issue in uh Seattle, but regardless, I, I like it. Yeah, uh it is um it's kind of a shoulder shrug, I think, for both sides, because it doesn't make or break either team. He's definitely at the point of his career where he is like kind of like a depth guy, third or fourth outfielder. Like, he was gonna be third or fourth outfielder for the uh, I was say Seahawks. God damn it. The, the Mariners, he'll probably get regular playing time at San Francisco, but it's not like it's going to make that team a lot better. Um, so whatever. Uh, Zach Eflin going from the Phillies to the Rays, three years, $40 million. It's an AAV of 13-3. Frankly, I don't really care. Yeah, uh, me neither. We talked about Anthony Rizzo. Uh, Tyler Anderson's going from the Dodgers back to the uh, Angels. Actually, no, not back. Was he with the Angels before? I don't know, but I know we did talk about Tyler Anderson. Uh, oh, then we can skip that. Josh Bell leaving San Diego. I'm very hurt. Would you have paid sixteen five for him? Uh, with how they're throwing offers around, I bet the Padres would have. Fair. Um. It's a good signing for Cleveland and a, a good a good sign that they are trying to continue their newfound playoff success or their new playoff window, I guess I shouldn't say. Uh Kenley Jansen, we just mentioned this going from Atlanta to Boston, two years, thirty two million dollars. What a fucking head scratcher this is. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't like I it and I don't can't get it. Make heads or tails or up or down of, of this at all. Um you'd think that Bringing in Heim Bloom, you're saying run us like the Rays, but we have a budget. And this feels like a baseball move from 2006, where it's like he's a closer, 
we pay him closer money because he closes. And but he's not even a closer anymore. Nor like that good. good. <laughs> also, he's 35. Yeah. Also, your team is bad. Yeah. You don't need a closer. You finished last in your division, and your division is with the Orioles. Oh. It's just wow. Which honestly, though, makes this next signing even more perplexing, which is Jose Quintana to the Mets, two years, $26 million. So he let Kenley Jansen, his angel like Kenley Jansen, gets $6 million more than Jose Quintana, who is going to throw double the innings because he's a starter. Jose which Quintana is, oh, uh, he is going to be 34. I, I was reading the guy under him and I was like, he has to be older than that. Even 34 seems like young for Jose Quintana. It feels like it. Um, which that one he's he's gonna be the fourth starter for the Mets. Like, uh, okay, who cares? Stay healthy, don't suck, uh, right? Yeah. You you are there to pitch the days that eat, one of Scherzer you're, and Verlander you're here is to not. Eat innings. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. He is there to eat innings. Uh, speaking of which, Andrew Heaney going from the Dodgers to. The Rangers, uh, two years, twenty-five million bucks. Neat. He's fucked. The Dodgers were the uh, best thing to happen for him, and uh, I, I can't imagine. Uh, what do you think is higher, the uh, amount of innings pitched in, I guess, hundreds of thousands of dollars, or you know, innings pitched? Do you do you think he hits a hundred and twenty-five innings this year? Okay, let me see. <laughs> let me look at Andrew Heaney's baseball baseball reference page to see what he usually does, because that sounds like a really fair number. Oh my god, one twenty five would be his third most innings pitched in a year, and he has pitched for nine seasons. Ah, uh... <laughs> but he's pitching for the Rangers, who don't have their shit together on pitching yet. So I'd actually say yes, he he hits the innings. I take the innings. Do you, do you think you would pay a guy a hundred thousand dollars an inning? I couldn't pay Andrew Heaney a hundred thousand dollars an inning, but <laughs> I guess if you're trying to brute force your way into being competitive, it's also sure. wild that the Rangers are trying to be competitive in the division that they are in the way that they are as compared to the Mariners. Cause you know, the Astros have that division locked up until proven otherwise. Um, and then next it's the, you know, Mariners, Rangers, Angels. I feel like I'm missing a team. I'm missing a team? Oakland. Sure. Jesus Christ, Oakland. So Oakland is 100% washed. The Angels are washed until they prove otherwise, which they will never. Um, And then you have the Mariners who are like, we have young, hot, good players and money, but we're not dishing out the money yet. And the Rangers are like, we have nothing. They're like oil barons trying to trying to buy some semblance of like culture, you know, like going to an Just art dealer and literally like, buy what they me are. art. I know, I know. And that's what I'm saying. They're acting like it. They're acting like how Texas a Texan would act like at Sotheby's, which is just buy it. We can't I know make it. Buy you're it. not a college football fan, but they are Texas AM. They're Texas AM. Which I, I do appreciate again, power to the players, EA Sports. <laughs> but um 
it is uh it is so interesting to see which which side of this is going to win out for the battle for second um and i guess eventually one day hopefully the division um between the development of players coupled with having some you know some spending power versus we have nothing but money and we will spend it to solve our fucking problems bitches way to go texas uh clayton kershaw resigned with the dodgers for 20 million bucks who gives a shit jock peterson resigned with the uh giants for 1965 who gives a shit um i'm skipping that oh cody bellinger signed a one year yeah, like the only deal. one i care about Left One year through a deal with the Cubs, $17.5 million. This Why? is a big contract for him. Or a big year for him, I should say. Yeah. I mean... It's make or break. I don't yeah. see him getting fucking... I don't think he breaks 10 if he doesn't show out this year. Like, if he... I, well, I should say, if he puts up the numbers he has been putting up over the past three years, I don't know who wants him on their team. Well, that's what I was going to say. I I genuinely don't know what a contract looks for him going forward. If this isn't an okay year for him, I I like I I I have no fucking clue because it's like, does he take a five year fifty million dollar contract to be a, a third, fourth outfielder? Probably fourth outfielder at at twenty eight. I don't know. I don't know what other prospects you have. I, and that's, that's what, exactly like, and that's because that's the other part of it. Is he's so young? It feels like we talk about this more for players who are like 34, 35, which is like, you know, they passed their their peak. There might be some juice left in that fruit to squeeze out, but it, it's it's such a huge gamble. But this guy's this guy's young. And he is having these conversations. Like, his career is genuinely in jeopardy. I, because of his age, I'm sure he'll stay in, in in the sport. It's just kind of a matter of where. Like, he is approaching the territory where we might see, if this career, this if this season doesn't go well for him, he might be one of those guys who goes to the MPB. Wow. I mean, right? I imagine he could rake there. I think that'd Hopefully. be the thinking. We, you know, we've seen guys do that. You know, we we've seen guys who can slug a little bit still, but aren't super consistent. Try to go over to Eric you know, Thames. K- right, Eric Thames did it. That, that fucking numbskull dude for the Yankees did it. I can't think of the white dude chewed gum a lot. Oh, that's all players. Uh, Tyler something. Tyler something. I can't think of his name. Um. Yeah, you know, try to collect their career, get back on track. It, we, or even we saw dudes age out going to like the MPB or the KBO, like like Adam Jones did after he was done playing with uh the uh, I think he ended his career with uh the Diamondbacks and then went and played for the Oryx Buffaloes for a few years. So you know, maybe maybe that that might be more he might get more reliable starting time, but again, it's just so strange, such a bizarre fall of grace. The ESPN 30 for 30 on this in, in 10 years is going to be so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Honestly, also, in 10 years, I don't know if people would be willing to give him a 30 for 30. If he fades into nothingness, uh, I don't know. 
Well, the more he fades into nothingness, the more interesting that 30 for 30 would be. You got me Just there. Saying. His dad won won the World Series, comes out, wins an MVP, gets his World Series ring, collapses into the into into dust. Uh, and also, by the way, Wrigley Field, I thought it was going to be an advantageous place for hitters. Twenty first most favorable park to uh, to hit in, or uh, to flip that upside down all around. Tenth worst park to hit in, which is interesting. Maybe as he's a left-handed pull hitter, I don't know if that plays into it. I think this the um, I can do that. For I you. think the ban on the uh, the shift might help him a lot. Who knows? Who's to say? Yeah, who knows? Uh, in that case, for left-handed hitters, Wrigley Field, eleventh best place to hit. There you go. So. Yeah, maybe maybe the Cubs will find him some uh still find some spark amidst all of the deep dish pizzas. Uh oh, last last couple ones just again real quick, Mike Clevenger going from San Diego to the White Sox, one year, twelve million bucks, another prove it deal. Um any part of the surprising to you? Um, sorry, can you repeat that? Mike Clevenger going from San Diego oh. to the White Sox, one year, twelve million bucks. No, I mean it's what he deserves and and kind of what he could potentially. I don't think the Padres would have given him twelve, um, seeing as he hasn't pitched in pitched well in two and a half years. Um, but I'm hoping this is a a good change of heart or a change of scenery and and builds him back up to getting what he deserves contract wise. He is only successful in the AL central. It's true. Uh, it is uh, weird for the white Sox Cause it's like, I don't know what you're doing, uh, but this isn't going to make you better appreciably in the way that you kind of need to be because you did not come close to the playoffs this past season, but whatever. Uh, Tommy Canley came back to the Yankees on a two year, $11.5 million contract, which uh, all I had to say about it is neat. Uh, yeah. Kyle Gibson, this is the last one, went to uh, Baltimore on a one-year $10 million contract, which is fascinating, not because it's Kyle Gibson, but because it's Baltimore. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a win-win where Baltimore gets a guy who can eat up some innings for very cheap, and Kyle Gibson can be a top-two pitcher on their rotation. Plus some veteran presence for what is a young team. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah, plus it's a great sign for Baltimore being in the mix here. Love to see them get a little bit more active in the free agent market, but uh, there is still time. You know, we are only in the midst of the winter meetings now. There's more to be done in terms of getting more players shift shuff, shuffled around. Carlos Correa, we're having this. feels like we did this exact same song and dance last year where it took him forever to sign a contract with a team and uh, fully prepared for that to be the case again this year. Uh, I guess we'll see. We had some football stuff we were going to talk about, but we were running long already, so I guess we'll probably have to save it for the next episode. Uh, Corbin, is there anything you'd like to say before we get out of here? Uh, no. All right. Well, in that case, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JasonPod. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at JasonTheNumbers at gmail.com. Follow Corbin on Twitter. 
so at Corbin Health. Follow myself on Twitter. You can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. And until Monday, we hope you all have a good one. Bye.